Hello. And welcome to Pop Tarts. Bim, 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 bim. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors at Bust Magazine in New York City. We love talking to each other about pop culture, and we love talking to you about pop culture. And today, we are talking about such a juicy topic, strange women. Pop culturally speaking, they truly are the spice of life. But what qualifies a performer or character as strange, and what is it about these women that provoke such strong responses in us. Joining us to discuss all this and more are two experts in the field of strange women. Twin sisters, Tanya Hurley and Tracy Hurley Martin are the hosts of the Stories of Strange Women podcast, where they've interviewed everyone from Elvira to Kate Pearson of the B-52s to Lydia Lunch to Parker Posey. And they are also quite accomplished strange women in their own right. Tanya is the New York Times bestselling author of the Ghost Girl Young Adult book series and the Blessed trilogy. Is it Blessed or Blessed? Blessed. Uh, welcome, Tanya. Thank you. And Tracy was co-founder of Brooklyn's incredible Morbid Anatomy Museum. Hello, Tracy. Hello. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for, for having us. Having us. Keep the dead dead. You're the one that's going to be the Elvira. Ooh la la, ça sent. Too real. This is too real. You had me a creepy clown. Now, you two have had a long and winding road of strangeness before you started your podcast, Stories of Strange Women. Can you both take a few minutes to fill us in on your life paths that made you experts on the strange women that you talk to and that you are today? Yeah, I don't I don't know if um, I mean, we, we grew up. I don't we grew up liking different things. We grew up with a different sensibility than the people around us. We we were raised in a small um, town in Pennsylvania and raised by a single mother in the 70s in a trailer and we just liked different things. We liked macabre things. We found beauty in things that were dark and it was uh, pretty amazing to move to New York City and see that there were other people like us. And I know that you guys were also music publicists too, is that right? Oh yeah. So that must have brought you in contact with the cream of the strange woman crop. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we 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 got jobs um, with this little boutique publicity firm, Reach Media, and there, it was just the three of us, really. Um, uh, Michael Pagnata, who is now my husband, who um, owned it, and and us, and we we got to work with um, the strangest of the strange, you know, Prince and George Michael and um, the B-52s, Morrissey, The Cure, Depeche Mode. You're going to make her faint right now. John Lydon. I know. Yeah, and it was was such a small, it was such a small company that we were, when, when when they came to New York to do press or to hang out or to record even, um, you know, we were their friends. We were the people they relied on to take them places and to do things with and so we we developed unlike a record company where there's 20 people in the PR uh, department we it was very intimate and it was pretty cool we have lots of stories there that sounds amazing (laughs) I know like is there a sort of kinship of strangeness can strange recognize strange right off the bat definitely I feel like, especially when you meet someone, you know someone's background. You know if they're from a small town and they were treated the same way that you were in your small town. And there's an immediate kinship. I, I, I believe that. I had I, I felt that with Elvira. Listen, young lady, I don't know who you are or where you came from, but you most certainly don't fit in this town. Why, you don't even fit in that dress. Listen, sister. If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. I beat it. You know, talking to her off air about her life and um, how she grew up and what she deals with now, um, you know, there's there are similarities. There certainly are. 
Anyone who hasn't heard the two of you interviewing Elvira should download that podcast immediately oh, after thanks. listening to this she one. She was great. It she was one of like the best toy. interviews I've ever heard with anyone. Oh, my gosh. I, thank you. Wasn't I, it just so juicy and and so human and so deep and far-ranging? I just I couldn't get enough She's an incredible human being. She, Cassandra Peterson, you know, I, I, really, I really hope that she um, puts out a memoir. And I mean, she we has. were urging her to. Yeah, <laughs> we, were, we only got the, that interview because of Kate Pearson recommended us to her. So amazing. Um, it's that kind of strange network, you know. She's like, you got to talk to these two, you know, kind of thing. And we don't do the podcast regularly. We just do it when we someone comes up and we really want to talk to them uh-huh. and um, we feel like we can get a really good interview because let's face it, there are a million podcasts out there, mm-hmm. and if you can't you know really dig in and get something good then what's the point you know i you know the publicity rounds uh we're not really interested in it's really really been a learning experience you know recognizing the other in um the women that we've talked to um that otherness that strangeness and the different ways it was uh suppressed and how these women made it made their lives like made their paths Mm -hmm. they made their paths because the past didn't exist before them. Yeah. And so that's what we're really interested in. Everyone had a different way of doing it. That's what I like about it. Um, some were born into, you know, traumatized families, mm-hmm. um, violence, sexual abuse. Some were, you know, and I would think rarely, but some are, you know, born to a privilege, um, you know, that are supported through, you know, their through their PhDs, um, you know, it's just it, the whole range of it. And yeah, and how, I think uh, for the, the trauma, too, is another thing we connect to with, with our subjects, that coming from a place of trauma, you know, kind of that grittiness. Uh-huh. Um, There's a number of things that I noticed listening to your podcast that seem to be unifying features of the strange women that you feature. There's the trauma that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. There are stories of mental illness that I personally really relate to. That's sort mm-hmm. of a chicken and egg thing with the trauma. Right, right, uh, right. Mm-hmm. And then, but there's also preoccupation with death. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which also goes hand in hand with those other factors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Death <laughs> is a big thing like, for us. And then there's also like more of an iconoclastic worldview in general. Are any of those things that you're looking for when you're looking for guests, are they all just a current that run through the subculture of women who are outside the mainstream? I don't know. I mean, I think that when you achieve a certain amount of success, maybe, um, as a woman, there ha- there's there's something more. You're digging for something. You're looking for something. You're mm-hmm. trying to find something outside of yourself. I don't know. Not for everyone, but I, th- I found that true with you know, a a lot of the subjects that we've interviewed. You know, it's not just famous people we interview, people that we just uh, are interested. I mean, they're they're doing something that is um, completely different or they're approaching it in their own way or um, revolutionaries (laughs) in ways. They've Um, gone rogue. Not just (laughs) icons. Yeah, not just icons. you know, people that deal with death and the death industry that are, you know, doing things a different way and mm-hmm. a, a more feminist view of death and taking it back and taking taxidermy back, women taking that back. You know, I think a great example, too, was Handsome Devil Puppets, um, Han, uh, born and raised in, I think, Iowa, Idaho. I'm sorry. Um, I have a terrible the memory. The Midwest. Um, and, you know, how she couldn't relate to people and, and started to make puppets. And she talked to and people through her puppets. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And so, she yeah. still does. Yeah. If she's in, you know, an uncomfortable situation, she has this deer that she puts in front of her and people talk to the deer and she can't really mm-hmm. do it straight yeah, on. Yeah, just all Whatever kinds of women finding their yeah. way the way they, uh, you know, the way they can, any way they can. And it's, it's so, they're, they're heroic in many ways. 
This week, when we're recording this, the Kavanaugh hearings are popping up. Oh, my God. And I'm terrified for tomorrow. I'm you know, so bi- just based on our conversations in the office, our conversation with our networks of women, our conversations online, every woman is traumatized. Mm-hmm. And every woman is reckoning with that trauma. And that trauma can turn you strange. I read a really mm-hmm. good meme that it was like, I feel like all these women are holding so much anger inside them it's like swarms of bees and they're we're all about to just open our mouths yeah. <laughs> and bees are going to just, just pour angry out of bees bees are spewing out, yeah. out and i was like i totally feel like that yeah and, and it's, it's so exhausting. bill cosby apology oh god i can't with the people on the internet right now really want gets me angry yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm trying to stay off the internet i can't uh, stay off. I, I can't but <laughs> i can't i mean i can't i'm trying part of my job I, but like yeah. yeah i get so angry i really got into it with a rape apologist last night and i um, my husband was watching something and he's like what's going on on the internet and I was like people that are okay with rape I've got to go to the other room <laughs> rapist that's who's on the internet that's who's yeah. on the internet uh, yeah I um, it's exhausting I, I can't look away I don't think you know it's just uh, yeah it, she, she I try to stay off it because I'm writing two books at the same time uh, right now and she will send me tweets I she will text me tweets stop. so I have to I need to stop but I can't yeah um, she's and like, I'm sorry but you have to read this one I'm sorry but this one's important and they all are important but you it know, just seems this, it seems like it's just um, you know it's exhausting it's the every sheer volume of fuckery is the yeah. volume yeah. of fuckery mm-hmm. yeah and the the um, it's unreal yeah. It's on I wake up and say this cannot get worse and it does every goddamn day. No, and every I'm 5 like, minutes. What? What? Yeah. I mean, every time you up. hit refresh. Yeah. But it's also, you know, a world moving incredibly fast. Yeah. And um making it appears not making much ground, not making much progress. Mm-hmm. Um it just seems like things are being lights are being shown in dark corners constantly. Mm-hmm. And there's no real And the roaches are scuttling mm-hmm. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there are different scenarios. It's coming from all ends. Um everything from the climate to, you know, women to everything. Um and these dark corners are being illuminated and there's no what do we do with that? You know, right. what's, uh, is it a hashtag? No. <laughs> is it a petition? No. Um, you know, what What are we supposed to do with all of this all the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I think that a lot of people are, you know, and, and rightfully so, having knee-jerk reactions. It's, you know, emotionally charging. But um, we have to, you know, have a game plan here. We have to... Um, you know, consider and think and uh, act, act. Yeah. I'm going to shift the discussion to more pop culture now for a moment. Something less depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not depressing. (laughs) So what I thought I would do is Callie and I will tell you uh, a list of strange women who are pop culturally important to us. And since you've never met us before, you can tell us what that tells you about us based on our list. Callie, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, I have Bjork. Love. She's Bjork. I love I love that yeah. little freak. Fever Ray, Isabella Rossellini, okay. Lady Gaga, Helena Bonham Carter, and Grace Jones. That's a good list. Okay, that's a g- excellent list actually. You're all over the board there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you're authentically strange with that, <laughs> with that list. There's no poser in you. And you can tell that from her list, not just because she's wearing a weed pillowcase as a dress <laughs> while we record this. Yeah, they are all very fashion fashion crazy. That's right. They say. are fashion crazy, yeah. all of them. I like when people wear their crazy on the outside. Here's my list that I slapped together. Erica Badu was on, recently on the cover of Bust. Mm-hmm. Very strange lady. Courtney Love, Divine, the author Shirley Jackson, for sure. I love you, Emily. I found my soulmate. (laughs) Patti Smith, Lori Anderson. Yeah. Mm. B. Arthur. Yes. (laughs) Big Frida. Yes. And one of the most iconic strange women to me is Grayson Hall, who's the actress who played Dr. Hoffman on the original Dark Shadows series. Somehow wow. I knew you were going to get some <laughs> Dark Shadows in there. In there. <laughs> uh, 
Um, she is she is fucking strange. Like I don't know about Grayson Hall herself, but that character, yeah. she's a doctor <laughs> and a fortune teller and a writer and a psychiatrist. And Barnabas is always ordering her around because he doesn't know he's totally helpless. And he's like, I need you to put the life force of a witch into this Frankenstein and then also Done. in addition make him a vampire. She's so a it's a vampire <laughs> witch Frankenstein. And she's like, she's, I've yeah. got a notebook. Give me a few minutes. I will work on it in your basement. And that is the definition of female assistant. Strange female assistant. I know, right like there. she's the one doing all of the everything and somehow she's the assistant. Right. Well, they we always are, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, you know, we yeah. are. I mean, every time. I, I love Laurie Anderson. Yeah. I mean, with my whole heart. She what got a weirdo, me, she right? She really got me through ner- my nervous breakdowns. She got me through 90s. a nervous breakdown in the nineties, also. I don't yes, know. her voice. <laughs> The stories that, from the Nerve Bible? Yeah, stories from the, like the ugly one with the jewels. jewels. Oh, I listened to that on repeat. <laughs> I spent three months in me. the bathtub. I'm not to sure that. who she is. She, okay. oh. That's okay. No shaming. No, I'm you will learn and you, you are love. younger. Never she, I some just people sat here ignorant, but we are in the time where you must learn everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some people know her because she was married to Lou Reed, but she oh. is a very, very substantial performance artist writer, electronic music person, weirdo Mm -hmm. of like very high caliber of her own right. Like she ended up married to Lou Reed because he was a fan. Mm -hmm. She had this, her Mm -hmm. one hit was called Oh Superman. And it's like, ha, 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 ha
and I started having night terrors to the point where I couldn't sleep at all and it sort of snowballed into a sleep deprivation psychosis situation Mm -hmm. where I was losing time like I would sit down to write a term paper and it would already be written but I didn't remember writing it. <laughs> like I would lose, I would lose time. I would like suddenly I would it was like having blackouts, but That's I wasn't a drinking. Yeah. Um and I was What was your grade on said paper? Yeah, I'd like I to wish know. I could remember. I, I think it was for like a Dada and Surrealist class. <laughs> so it worked Which out. Which could explain probably yeah. an A. Um, you were just channeling in then. I didn't think <laughs> you were just getting in the yeah. zone. I was having a lot of violent night terrors and losing time. And f- I was keeping a lot of journals about all of the signs and wonders that I was seeing all around me about how, like, the uh, the placid veneer of the world around me was cracking and I was seeing all the interconnectedness inside and I was mm-hmm. trying to tell the people around me about it and they were like you should get you some should sleep see somebody. and <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I ended up just losing some time and waking up with an empty pill bottle in my lap and saying to my roommate like let's go to the hospital this is, this mm-hmm, isn't right mm-hmm. and then spent a nice little chunk of time in the nut hut not a lot because mm-hmm. of insurance and whatnot <laughs> not but just enough just enough and then i i got out and was on academic probation this is when i was in college so i was on academic probation the rest of my college career walking around listening to laurie anderson mm-hmm. trying to get some rest yeah if wow. she only knew how much she's i tried to tell her i think she thought i was people. crazy yeah 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 she saved but. she saved lives there's something about her electronic weirdness that's very cold and sterile but then there was all this soul in the story her voice her voice is is, soothing yet mechanical yeah my breakdown was came about because i thought i was going to be poisoned for some reason okay and then i started having all these physical symptoms and had to get cat scanned it was like a hypochondria kind of thing Uh uh-huh i just stayed in my room and screamed and i'd only eat chelsea cheese fries Mm mm-hmm from and Chelsea Grill. From Chelsea Grill, that's all I Shout ate. Shout out to Chelsea Grill if you're still open, which I doubt. <laughs> and if I had to drink something, someone had to drink it first. Because wow. of the poisoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's something you have in common with our president. He's afraid yes. that he's going to be poisoned yeah. all oh, the time. Oh, please don't say I have anything in common I'm, with yeah. and don't say our president. You're not afraid of stairs. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, I take stairs. You're afraid of elevators. Yeah. You're very different. Are there... Any up-and-coming millennial strange women that are destined for strange woman greatness? I feel like women get stranger with time, so I associate it. Yeah, with I think women, women get stranger. They get. Well, you got you know. Miley Cyrus on her creative exploration, and then pull back. There was something going. She, was, she could. She could end up strange. It's very hard to tell if she was just lashing out and trying to swerve from what everybody expected, or if she's got that strange in the soul. I, yeah, I think only if time you look close enough at anyone, you'll find <laughs> you'll find the strange. Yeah, right. Finding it's it. there. Tracy, yes, Emily, you are in a strange person power couple <laughs> with a certain <laughs> synth pop legend. <laughs> look at you. Let's just let me take that in. <laughs> Vince Clark from Erasure and Depeche Mode is your man. Your well, bae. we'll see. <laughs> if, if our son does his homework tonight, he'll still be my man. <laughs> Has that relationship brought you into contact with any legendary, strange people out in during your rock and roll lifestyle? And would you say <laughs> that you contribute to each other's strangeness? Okay, um, I love the the rock and roll lifestyle term because <laughs> we are in bed at nine, hot, <laughs> always have been, yeah. um, and. He spends his, he gets up at like three in the morning and does, uh, is in the studio. Three wow. in the morning? Constantly. Who is he? What is that guy he that can't. just released we that We do crazy have like a little creative schedule. commune going yeah. on though. I'm always there. And and is the studio in your home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We okay. never go out, hardly. Has he brought anyone to me? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. A few people, but it's just, he's not, yeah, he's not that kind of person. He's no. not. 
he's, when he's he's a is he a creative hermit type? Yes, yes. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not comfortable unless he's in his studio alone, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's um, great. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's he's incredible. He's an mm-hmm. amazing person. Mm-hmm. He thinks you're crazy. Yeah, he <laughs> thinks I'm, and I am. Well, I mean, in terms of uh, our health. Uh, uh, constantly having health issues yeah he is so good for me because he looks at me I'll have just you know and 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 this doesn't work for everyone I think some people need validation that they're what they're feeling is real I don't I need (laughs) someone to look at me like okay yeah you've gone bye bye yeah there this is take a clonopin you don't need to go this is not saying what you're saying you know (laughs) I I need that to function um and so that's what he gives me. Yeah. yeah, my husband helps with that. I got bit on the butt by an ant, and I was convinced we had bed bugs. And so I'm Googling all these bug bites, and then I was like, we had a friend stay, and I was like, he's going to have to get out of this house if he brought us bugs. I was so irate. And they went away. It was not bed bugs. It was an ant. But I was like, we're going to have to burn this whole down house to the ground. Yeah, I was, just, well, yeah and totally he's just like, Tracy, can you, running. Yeah. Can, you ever, can you ever just have a cold? Yeah. Like, no, mm-hmm. I can't. My husband does that for me, too. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I think I, I wouldn't be okay without him grounding me like that. Yeah. He I always know okay. better than to Google it, but I always Google it. And that's never the look. No. <laughs> I had a doctor write on my prescription pad, do not go on the internet. That was my prescription. One time uh, I went to the doctor because I forgot I drank beaches. I did. That happened to me too. <laughs> it happens too often. I'm writing, I'm writing a picture book now about this called One Sick Girl with Virginia Mori, who I'm a total fan of, illustrating it. Your uh, strange creation ghost girl is super popular with death-obsessed teens all over, and it's now in development to go on screen. Can you tell us more about that? Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, about a girl who felt invisible and she chokes to death. She's a choker. She chokes to death on her first day of school. And it's, it's, uh, I wrote it first as a feature film, which was, um, optioned by Tribeca. And, uh, and then the Weinstein company were going to take it and make it. And they were like, oh, we love it. This is great. And they're like, you know, but, but one thing, we need you to change one thing. And I'm like, okay, what is it? I'll do it. Yeah. They were like, she can't die. And I was like, okay, oh, well, that happens. Girl. Yeah, that ha- that's, the, that's the story. What the hell? Um, do they want you to the only so, thing yeah. that you have to change is that ghost girl so, has yeah. to be alive. Yeah, she has to, ghost girl has to live. The world's first yeah. living ghost. Well, I'm glad that that did not um, So, yeah, I, I was, you know, I, <laughs> I was crazy. like, I'm going to try my hand at writing this as a book. And uh, so wow. five books later with that and... It's huge in you it's know, huge. Mexico and Spain, Spanish-speaking territories and here. But so it, it's anyway. not going to be a movie? Does, do they just own it forever? No, it's it's in development, actually. We have a script now awesome. with somebody um, else. Awesome. Honey. Yeah. Oh, no, with, not with Tribeca. Or right, with, with someone else. Yeah, yeah. with Matthew Vaughn. Um, who understands who I ghosts. Respect <laughs> immensely. And she's yeah. allowed to he be dead. He understands that ghosts need to be dead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Honey oh Ross God. wrote the script, and um, yeah, it's moving forward. So that's exciting. Yeah, keep the yeah. dead dead. That's yeah, <laughs> let the dead be dead. dead. Keep yeah. it real when it comes to death. There's, you know, the culture wars to me are still raging, and like right now, the strange woman sometimes is being overshadowed by the Hillary Clinton slash nasty woman. Yeah. Which sometimes can be a little prescriptive. Mm-hmm. And I think strange is a lot uh, more cool and creepy than that. Yeah. But we there is a certain overlap in the Venn diagram. Like any person can be angry. You don't have yeah. to be strange to think we're in a shithole right now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I just have very, um, very strong opinions and beliefs and I, I think I'm a lot more political than I than the people I know around me um, and I I just get really enraged for instance a friend of mine just got a job on a TV show and she's flying to LA for the week and coming home um, and being a mom on the weekends uh, in New York and um, you know it's all very new and and uh, she's in her 40s and 
I just she hasn't told anybody that she's been doing this the whole season, you know. Um, mm. And then I saw some. Like we're talking about a secret child. No, she hasn't told anyone she's working in L.A. in a writer's job. Oh, a secret job. And still being a mom. And still being a mom. That's so much trouble. And then I saw a man tweet like a few days ago that he's doing this, that he goes, well, I guess I'm going to be working, you know, weekdays in L.A. and and coming back to Detroit on the weekends to be a dad. And everyone's fine with it. The line of... Re- replies and support and <laughs> and I and I just started thinking well you know my friend doesn't say anything partly because I think she can't make herself be a problem mm. or have any complicated life outside of this writer's room um, because you know she had to fight to get in there and how it's just that's the, another thing we could talk about writer's I, rooms yeah. oh uh, <laughs> Yeah. Have, you guys have been in writer's rooms. Yeah, I have. Um, I used to get locked out of the I was the only woman in in my first writer's room. And Can I you tell get, us what room that was? That was the Olsen, uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's TV show. So After Full House. Yeah. yeah. I did that. I was the creative director of their brand. I was uh-huh. basically the person that created their brand. Okay. And um, and they've turned into two Are they strange, strange women? women now. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They are. They have done a strange they evolution. They did not have a, a typical, you know, they weren't raised in any typical way. And um, I'm very proud of what they've become. I'm very proud of they how they fucks. hold they themselves. No yeah. And, and what they're doing. And it's 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 all the credit goes to them. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it wasn't because of their parents. It wasn't because of anything else. Um, in fact, it should have went the other way. It typically does. You yeah, know, it typically mm-hmm. goes bad. And they, they, you know, they stuck their, they stuck, stuck it out, and they keep their nose to the ground, and they are very private. And I, I just think that what they did is incredible. But you were made. saying about getting locked out of the writers' room. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was twenty six or twenty seven, and. Um, I was the co-creator of their TV show, one of a few of them, but this is just uh, one. And and they it was all males in their fifties who came from Mash and the Golden Girls, and, and they're going to you write know all these iconic shows. Who they go to you know the Disney lot and write kids shows if they can't get work. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, uh-huh. um, yeah, they used to lock me out of the room. They they treated me like shit. I, I cried every day. Like I used to, to go. I used to go up to the, <laughs> you know, the monsters lot and the on my golf cart or the you know the Grinch lot and just cry. Oh, you know, it was horrible. At least you could cry in the monsters lot. Mm-hmm. That's the that was the bright side of everything. Oh, thirteen yeah. thirteen Mockingbird Lane. Yeah, that's where you could find me most days, eating <laughs> lunch by myself, crying. Oh my god! Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. I mean, it's still going on. And we're, still, we're in production mode right now, so this is why it's just at the top of our... Yeah, we're beginning uh, to really produce uh, things together. What are you producing? And uh, t- some, some TV shows and non-scripted kind of things. Oh. Um, yeah. That's cool. So, and starting back up our film, we, we, we produced, wrote, and directed five short films that one was on PBS, one was on IFC, and so we we started out as filmmakers, and we're going veered, back to the veered off. And now we're now going back. back to it. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you know my, you know my my feature film script story. So yeah, we should have uh, we should have continued. That derailed me a little. <laughs> we got into you know we were getting into festivals and everything, and there wasn't you know we're from this background where. Um, everything is oh well thank you for having us you know thank you so much and and uh you know and and getting to this place where the next level was supposed to happen and there was nobody really there um for that next level no mentor or Mm -hmm. anything so you know you you see the people that you were in these festivals with getting production deals and it was very very rarely did it happen for a woman exactly yeah. you know especially if you're a director and still so and a producer mm-hmm. yeah i mean things have gotten better because there are the whole generation of women who are not taking it and is calling the me too times out. up movement having an impact as far as you guys can see i i think so i think so i hope so i mean maybe that's just hope but um I I think people being called out publicly 
Uh huh. As an important thing. Do you guys consider yourselves feminists? I think we live as feminists. We we you know at the museum there we only have female you know the morbid anatomy museum yeah well that i mean i only write about female characters that are you know heroines and come from skid row and kind of rise up i just i i i um i guess it i mean i yes i would consider myself a feminist but would you consider me a feminist i don't know well because do you i don't feel know. like women and men deserve equal rights in society of course well then and I that's would. it yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah i mean there's so many different yeah there's so many different well, definitions she, you were asking me if yeah. i would right. consider you yeah. a feminist and that is my criteria yeah. i think yeah. a feminist so is someone who who lives their beliefs and who supports other women and and lives their truth. I mean, I, I know right. people that consider themselves militant feminists and they are mean girls to other women. Mm-hmm. And they, um, you know, talk. Well, ab- we experience that all the time at Bust Mag. Yeah. I bet <laughs> you, sure do. you do. Yeah. Feminists you are do. so mean to us. Yeah. No, I yeah, bet I'm you sure, do. Because it's like, well, there's a certain definition and they're doing this and that. And this. it's it's ridiculous. It, it becomes ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just we. I just think it becomes counterproductive. But yes, we do consider ourselves. And I, I think it's that definition and that, um, you know, with everything coming at us, I think it's working itself out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think it, it's, it's part of the culture. It's war. alive. It's yeah. a live definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the levels of what is included in the word spectrum. It's, it's got much larger. live. It's, you know. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we shall what see. advice would you give to aspiring strange women, women who look up to the strange women in pop culture and hope to be like that someday? I, I think if you're strange, you're born, you're kind of born strange and you don't really fit into any kind of cookie cutter. I don't think you see other strange women and want to be strange. And that's I think if you're authentically strange, mm-hmm. um, there are people out there you can look to that have done it and yeah. I feel like we were you know we were the kids you know in the punk band and not no and there was no one around in our town like us so we would listen to rock over London on Sunday nights and <laughs> you know try to find people that we could connect with and I think that our goal is to bring television and you know with our podcast and with the museum and my books we try to bring examples of mm-hmm. look you can look to this you can have this you know this story look how this you person's can relate done it. to you like can relate to be their strange yeah, yeah. and you to see themselves represented yes yeah. exactly yeah. so so that they're represented strange women i know represented. in my own like i was definitely born strange and was definitely persecuted for it early and often uh but I know that I did really knock myself out during those junior high years to try to unstrange myself mm-hmm. or to try to put a veneer of normalcy. It's survival. Yeah. Uh, you were but trying it, to survive. The more I tried, the like more obvious it was <laughs> that I was yeah. just not. Um, but would you say it's part of your hopes and dreams for your podcast and for maybe your personal brands mm-hmm. to show girls like my junior high self like to just like don't even try it like don't hide your strange light under a bushel (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I think that's what makes you that's what makes you special when you know when you're older they try to knock it out of you when you're young and try to you they try try to you know just put you in this general population and you feel like a freak and you go home crying every day and but you're the one that's going to be the Elvira you're Uh the one who's gonna you know you're the one who's going to succeed. And, I feel and like walking around with a button that says, be the Elvira. <laughs> I love that. That should be. Oh, I, I would. I would yeah. buy that. Yeah. So that's what that's what we try to do with everything we're, we're putting out there. Thank you guys so much for that discussion. It was so lively and inspiring. Thank you. When we come back, I'm going to ask Tracy. I'm going to ask Tanya. I'm going to ask Callie. And hopefully they'll ask me, what, what you watching? Before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Wolfie Vibes Publicity. If you're working on a new project 
and find yourself in need of a kick-ass publicist who communicates well and works tirelessly to get you the coverage you're after, consider going to Wolfie Vibes Publicity. Wolfie Vibes Publicity is a female-owned and operated boutique PR firm that will get you where you need to be, and you'll even have fun in the process. Get in touch via wolfievibespublicity.com for details and quotes, and tell them that Pop-Tart sent you. And we're back. Hello. Tracy and Tanya, I would like to know what it is that you are watching. And when I say what you're watching, it's a very broad question. It encompasses books, movies, TV, podcasts, uh, music, music videos, any kind of pop culture that you are consuming. We want to know about it, starting with Tracy, what you watching. I just finished yesterday the second season of Atypical. I've heard that's good. I yeah, haven't I watched haven't it. it yeah, I, I I love it. The second season that that just ended um, was just so much there. There's it's just rich. Every character is rich. And where um, do you watch deep. that? What platform? On my computer, Netflix, Netflix. or Hulu. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, where does anybody watch TV? <laughs> <laughs> on my phone. Um, it is on Netflix. Netflix. Yes. yes. What's the premise of that one? Um, well, there is this. The central character is a boy who is graduating from high school, um, and he has autism. And his mother, her struggles with it. Um, she, she. I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, it's always she, tricky. She, she veers outside of the marriage, and she's sort of, you know, trying to deal with it all. And the, you know, their oldest daughter um, navigating her life as the protector, but still having her own life. Um, and then the dad. I'm in for the dad. Um, no, it's just I, I just think it's a brilliant show. I think it's um, I think it's really important to show um, people represented that you don't see represented, yeah. um, and how and how how that's dealt with, and and it's beautifully done. And I'm a huge Jennifer Jason Lee fan, and she's the mom in it. Just everybody's good on it, mm-hmm. and they they added some people who have autism this season um, in their group therapy scenes. I think that's important. I think, yes. but I think, and, and you can tell the show has grown, but, you know, I'd like to see, I would like to see this in the third season. I would like to see some people with autism in the writer's room. You know, mm-hmm. the creator doesn't have autism, um, but. It does an excellent job. does an say. excellent job, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, unlike what's on TV, unlike, you know, young Sheldon and mm, I mean uh, yeah. yeah anyway <laughs> I like I like when um, neurodiversity is um, represented, yeah, represented and celebrated yeah. right on mm-hmm. Tanya what you watching okay so I love Fleabag and I'm waiting for the second season nice um, I uh, I just saw eighth grade and I loved it oh have I you it seen it I have not I sent a, a reviewer for bus to watch it and mm-hmm. she said it was good I really really loved it I really I heard good things but I haven't seen it yet yeah I recommend it I I was uh you know not sure because it was written by you know one of those and comedian and but he did a great job how does he know how does he know what it's like he's an inner eighth grade girl I had that on my movie list we were really excited about it and then we're like oh yeah it was written and directed by a guy there's no way he could get this. It was very well. It's like this generation's welcome to the dollhouse. Oh, uh-huh. nice. Yeah. So yeah, I'm obsessed with that movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah, me yeah. too. You, then you have to see eighth grade. Okay. Movie. Yeah, he got it. He really did. Kudos, Callie. What you watching? What's I got? Um. Oh my god. I saw David Byrne at Ooh. King's Theater. He's like a tele- televangelist preacher. Oh really? Is that yeah, his like, latest persona? I felt like I was seeing the light. I was like totally. <laughs> I understand why those people get so jazzed up. <laughs> it was an amazing, amazing show. Cool. It was mind-blowingly good. Then, oh, I wanted to talk to you about, did you see Alex Bornstein? Bornstein? Alex Bornstein. Yeah, she won the for Supporting Actress at the Emmys. At the Emmys. And her speech was about women fucking sitting on the fucking toilet. 
Right. Callie and I have an ongoing battle with we. Um, well, there seems to be a truce right now. Yeah, there's a truce right now. Maybe it's because of our strongly worded note. Maybe not. But we share like a communal bathroom with other businesses on the same floor as Bust uh, Magazine, and there's a toilet there seat was a here. a chronic pisser. And uh, it's it's our uh, like. I was so happy existence. when she said when she called out you know, women for peeing on the seat. If you just sit down, we all sit down. Yeah, that that right there was like I was like yes. Uh, what a platform, uh, ladies! When you use a public restroom, sit down. If you sit, we can all sit. Stop peeing on the seat. I was so it's happy the to small hear that. Victory. Yes. yes, that is a team player. I mm-hmm. love. I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I that works so on so across so many. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that just yeah. If you just sit down, we can all people. sit down. Yeah. Um, I watched that documentary Reversing Row on Netflix. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's not like you know. Obviously, it's not a popcorn flick. But, it's not the feel good hit of the year. <laughs> but it was really good. My husband is Chilean. He didn't know a lot of the history of like when they were bombing. You know what Clinics. they still are. You know mm-hmm. he. I was in the other room doing something. I came in. He was like, "They just blow them up." He was so angry. Yeah, he was like, "They're yeah. just blowing them up." Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, you guys. I guess you got to the Dr. Tiller part." And he was like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And then he was like hooked. He was like, "This is some fucked up shit, dude." Uh, so I, I think that's a much wa- a definite watch. If I mean, obviously, if you care about women's rights, <laughs> <laughs> I watched this insane horror movie. It was slightly cheesy, but really good blood. Um, <laughs> Terrifier, which is about like this creepy clown guy. Um, they don't really give much backstory. It's about just a clown being a creepy. Yeah, he's just a fucking out you there had me a slashing. Clown. Yeah, it was really good, and he is fucking creepy ass looking. And then I also watched Kidding, which is the Jim Carrey show. Right, he, he plays like a Mister Rogers type character. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, what did you think of that? I because I had just seen the Mister Rogers. Documentary. Yes. <laughs> Don't even say I it. know, <laughs> but I could tell that what where they were, what they were pulling from Mr. Rogers, and then like his whole, he's, uh, Mr. Rogers. I'm sure lived a wonderful life. Because yeah, they better he is not even try to even insinuate. <laughs> yeah, that no. there was any. You can, I will there, fight that was definitely that was definitely like the split from like where the influence of Mr. Rogers came in. But if there was a character like this, and he was going through turmoil at, at home, how would he deal with it? But he did not and was not. <laughs> right. And he did also like that person you're talking about. He would talk with the puppet, you know, to like deal. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I, I only got two, two, two episodes, but I can't wait for to get back on it. I'm going to have to get on that one. Mm-hmm. And then American Horror Story has got me yes! so shook. Yes. I have two words for you. No, three words for you. Joan fucking Collins. Oh, my God. Yes. I got Joan so excited. <laughs> It was amazing. And I was, that made me so nervous because I, I don't know if have you guys seen it yet. Not yet. So it's no. Apocalypse is the theme of this one. And it's just so, you it's know. It's a bunch of people locked in an Apocalypse bunker with Joan Collins. Yeah. She's just <laughs> doing the, what you would think Joan Collins would be doing. She's not giving a fuck about anybody else. Yeah. Um, but it's like when the, the Apocalypse comes and the, like, the, the nukes are dropping. I just had to keep pausing it and leaving. I was like, too real. This is too real. Like when yeah, I was I, watching the last one about politics, I was like, you're really hitting me in the reality. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not up for it, it for it, entertainment, for escapism right now. It was it was a lot. That but show is really, really well good. done. And every mm-hmm. season um, is, t- I, is great, I they're think. They're so good. And I yeah. absolutely love Billy Eichner? No, oh, yes, him. But Billy on the um, oh, Billy Lord. Billy Lord. I mm. love her. I really yeah. want her to get her in bust. I, I just yeah. adore her. She's yeah. genetically lovable. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's just so good in in every one of these seasons that she's in. And That's huge Ryan Murphy fan. Yeah, I, yeah. He's just out there. Yeah, crushing and the he's game. Doing the work. His, his, yeah, and, and he's hiring women. Yeah. He's to not direct, and he's he's just I'm yeah. Just these icons and he's reviving careers. Yeah, these yeah. icons that should be working. He Kathy cannot, fucking Bates. I'm a huge I know. fan. I'm a huge mm. fan. Jessica Lange. Uh, I mean, so many, so yeah. many people that I'm just like, look who's back. Mm-hmm. Sarah Paulson. He elevated to the stature yes. that she deserves. Yeah, yeah. right. All yeah. Completely. I mean, and they all deserved it, but you mm-hmm. cannot. Yeah. Uh, you cannot overestimate his contribution to all of it. I mean. Mm-hmm. And Massive. his storylines, everything that he's doing is just, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm here Legendary. For love to meet him. Mm-hmm. And what have you been watching, my I'm dear? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I've been watching cartoons. 
Oh, namely Bojack Horseman and Disenchantment. Uh, Bojack Horseman has a surprising feminism arc this season, season five. There's literally an episode in which the male animal characters in Bojack Horseman are co-opting feminism for uh, crass commercial purposes. And Bojack literally shows up with a pink t-shirt that says feminism is bae. (laughs) (laughs) But did you hear the backstory about how that came about? Tell me, Callie. Let me tell you everything. Because somebody, uh, my old roommate Errol tweeted me. He was like, you have to watch this episode specifically. And so then I looked it up. And so the writer, Raphael, Raphael, Bob, Waxbert, whoever you are. I wish I could pronounce your name. Um, He got disgusted when he found out that Weinstein was a fan of the show. And he was like, oh, I'm having none of that. If, if he's watching, I'm going to drive some I'm doing something home. wrong. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, I'm going to try to pull us out of this fucking Weinstein likes us hole and get back to where we should be. Oh, Weinstein likable. Yeah. yeah he, he was disgusted that that was where it was at and swerved, which I love that that is the reason that we got that episode. Yeah, because he was co-opting feminism pretty hard before the fall, wasn't he? He was like Mr. Hillary Clinton. Was he? Yes, yeah. he was like a major Clinton donor. In oh, his, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. such a fucking creep. Interesting. <laughs> well, it's it's a fascinating arc, and I love every minute of I'm it. I'm going to so start clever. watching that because I just read the article in Vice, I think it was yesterday, about um, Bo going to uh, reading uh, the eulogy for his mother, who was mm-hmm. abusive His abusive to mother. Him. It goes some places. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how complicated grief is. I mean, they did a whole article in Vice about it, about the, you know, that experience. And I was, oh, wow, that is. In the previous season, they really dig deep into their complicated past. Like, you don't just hear about it. You see it. Yeah, I want to see that. And where is this? Where can we find the show? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And the first season was like, did you ever watch Californication? Yes. I it mean, I watched the first. Like that, but with first kinda, season, they, but with animals. <laughs> yeah, they did like the exact same plot lines mm-hmm. pretty much, like stories, oh, really? but with animals. Yeah. Okay. And then okay. I kind of fell off a little bit in the middle because I was like, I haven't watched Californication. I don't know if I can watch Bojack. But then I guess they really switched it up. And then there's up. a cat who's an agent played by Amy Sedaris who has struggles with uh, miscarriages. And it's oh, I there's that. really so a lot a going lot. on. Talk about a strange woman. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. love her. I love that her. Uh, I don't know if you read the latest David Sedaris book, Calypso, but he talks about she has a separate apartment just to get away from her rabbit. Ah, I <laughs> like love she needs a break from her and the her rabbit. rabbit. Oh my I think God. her name is Tina, and she has a separate, you know, apartment close by. So she <laughs> Just can to get, get away. away. Yeah. That is hilarious. Um, Netflix also has Disenchantment, which is Matt Groening's new animated fantasy show. And it takes place in a medieval kingdom called Dreamland. And there's this young princess named Bean who's voiced by Abby Jacobson from Broad City. And she's like a hard drinking princess who doesn't feel like getting married and tells everyone to fuck off and like runs off with her personal demon. <laughs> yeah, the personal demon. So I saw the first two episodes. Personal demon's very hilarious. I cannot marry that pig, Merkimer. I just, I, I can't do it. I'm going to have to kill him or something. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And after you kill him, we can hide the body. And then we can join the search party and you and I can look at each other and try not to laugh. I would say that it is not so subtly feminist and also cute. On Netflix also, The Great British Baking Show is back and Noel Fielding, who I love so much from The Mighty Boosh, and he's also from Bust Magazine. I love that guy. He's so hot and he's such a mod chav. And he wears really weird shirts, and he just sort of, like, lurks around the tent, like, checking out people's cakes. So he's a cake judge? He's, well, you know how there's, like, the actual baking experts, and then there's comedians who just kind of fuck around with people while they're baking? No, well, I've never seen this show. Okay, so he's a comedian who fucks around with people when they're baking. I love And he's so cute, and I love him. (laughs) Um, And finally, I want to tell you about a fucked up horror movie that I watched called Demon House. And um, I watch it on Amazon Prime, and there's this I need to get the Prime. admittedly douchey dude um, who's 
the host, his name is Zach Baggins, and he hosts the Travel Channel's show Ghost Adventures, which is like a travel show where he's looking for ghosts. But he funded this feature film <laughs> where he bought a house in Gary, Indiana, where allegedly, like, this whole family had to, like, run into the night because it was possessing the children. So he buys the house. <laughs> and then, like, it's a documentary. What? And everybody in the fucking movie gets really seriously ill. And hmm. also... the dude, We're all kind of making the same face. And the We're dudes like, get real violent. Well, this is happening to me right now. And so... What? Kind of. It's hard to tell... Like, the X-Files. I want to believe... And so yes. if I just take it at face value, I'm like, holy shit, there's demons in that house. And if it's you not go like in lead poison. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like our Sasquatch story. We didn't believe until. You saw the Satch? Yeah. Camping. What? Yeah. Our whole campground just. Everyone saw the same thing and we were all just in a row. Where? We threw our tents. Geographically where? In Pennsylvania. Nice. Yeah. And they, were, and they ate the raw chicken off our the next campsite. The, I want to ah, believe. Seriously. Nice. We were like, yeah. We were all like, everybody left at the same time. And these are like seasoned camp. We were idiots. But they were seasoned campers everywhere. How and tall do you think he was? I don't know. We just saw its legs walk oh past God. our tent. Oh, man. So walk. if you take this documentary That's Demon so House at face value, then this house is fucking possessed by demons that will make you almost die and will fill you with rage and will like take your sanity from you um everybody who worked on the film got fucked up i'm going lead Seriously? poisoning like it's, sick like, like almost died fucked up? like like illnesses. like one guy went into organ failure one guy had like a severe mental breakdown the host whatever zach baggins was almost blinded like he has to wear special glasses for the rest of his life holy shit um so yeah, it is great like, great emily we'll all it is get like, right on that <laughs> it's like the cast of polergeist where all it that, seems like yeah, it would, it would press all your the buttons yeah, you guys thanks. specifically we'll right on that. so enjoy more, that uh, um this is a new movie from this year so oh my god i'm gonna watch house. that for sure but wait why do you think you've been do you think your house is possessed i you know there's some weird shit happening in my house at the moment like there's one room in my house that if you put flowers in it, and there's no heating element or anything of that obvious nature, um, but if you put flowers in this one particular corner, they don't die. They just bend over. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And so, you know, it was... They stay yeah. alive. They it just was entertaining for a while. Yeah. But, um, you know, and now I find out there's, like, black mold in my wall. And hmm. they were trying to tell me. I think somebody's trying to tell me something. But That's where the flowers were bending. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we can work out in your favor. What was <laughs> that horror movie where the, the ghost poltergeist thing was getting under the beds and he would leave, like, a moldy stain in the mattress? Oh, God, do I not need to hear this right now. <laughs> I do not know. I don't know, but it sounds cool. Yeah. I, I, think I, I bought the chandelier the at the real Amityville Horror House at their tag sale. Oh, whoa. And I believe that, like, shit's been happening to me since then. And I'm well, trying to pot it off. Do you right want it? Does anybody else want it? It's at my house. That's oh. right. Oh. I want it. I want it. Okay. Oh, I want it. But that may I'm, be what's yours. going down. Yeah, Spirits travel in glass. So. Okay. Did you hear Post Malone got cursed because he touched this crazy cursed box? And that's why it is. And that's like, why he has terrible tattoos. <laughs> no, but like his house got broken into, and his uh, like his security guard got attacked there. He got in a his plane had to land an emergency landing, and then there was something else fucked up that happened to him. All after he touched the box, so now okay. he's convinced he's cursed. Wow! If somebody says this box is cursed, I'm not opening it. No, I'll why would you? you? Why take the chance? Why? Why? Just, yeah, there's nothing in there but curses. Yeah. <laughs> You guys have been a delight. Thank I you loved so being much strange with you. Us. This Thank has you. been great. And I, I, you got to get that chandelier out. I'm giving I, you the chandelier. Do you really want it? Seriously? I think I do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You think you do. No, you have to I just have to, right run, I have to run it by my luscious research. You know Logan's going to want it. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. <laughs> uh, thanks so much to our producer, Rachel Withers. Hi, Rachel. Hey. The greatest producer of all. The notes, 
our pals Lally and Alec at 300 Entertainment and our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems. You cannot find Callie on Twitter. Don't even try. No, no, no. Good for you. It's too much. You can email us both. I'm at emilyrems at bust.com. Callie W at bust.com. And you can learn more about the show at bust.com slash Pop-Tarts. And finally, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you don't, all of the flowers in your house are going to (laughs) bend outward and you're going to be freaked out. And you'll get a mysterious illness that might kill you. Oh, my God. And you'll have to wear special glasses. No, I don't want to threaten you that way. It would be better if you just did it on your own without fear as a motivator. But hey, I'll take what I can get. (laughs) I'm a craven bitch that way. Fear's an underrated motivator. It really helps us get the word out. And we super duper appreciate it. Until next time. Mwah. Mwah.